Yo, 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 yo! Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Motorcycle Dad Podcast with Tito, coming at you live from Las Vegas in the garage, in the beat laboratory, sweating my ass off because it's 100 degrees. But I wanted to do a quick episode for you guys, a quick podcast episode, uh, to, to touch on a couple things that are near and dear in my heart as far as when it comes to dealership relationships, okay? That's what I'm going to start this off with. So the first half of it, there's two parts of this. It's your service team and it's your customer. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, look, guys, if you're one of these customers that's going to come in, you're going to complain all the time. You're going to give these guys a hard time because you just don't have trust in them anymore. Or, you know, maybe they missed a deadline or two for you or, you know, something wasn't tightened down right and you had to come back or, you know, something just wasn't right to where you weren't happy. And instead of being constructive with it, maybe talking to your service manager, your service director, maybe the general manager of the dealership to see about getting something done, you decide to be the complainer. You're going to come back constantly and give these guys a hard time. All right. I'm going to tell you right now, that's kind of like a no, no, don't, don't do that. Um, just be a good person. Cause when it comes down to it, you know, if, you have that much distrust in the dealership where you're going to come in there and you're going to talk shit about the guys or talk shit to their face and anything like that. You're better off going somewhere else. And it's not because the guys are going to intentionally do anything, but you're talking about some, uh, a craft that we take very serious and near and dear. And sometimes there's extenuating circumstances. Like I've had it where I've had manufacturers tell me parts are being delivered and they weren't. There were some manufacturers like on the Italian side, you don't even get tracking. So you don't know when the parts are coming in. You know, so as a customer, try to be understanding as long as they're doing their job and communicating with you. Now, if they're not communicating with you and they're giving you a runaround, you have ball rights, be upset. But if it gets to that point where you start being a disgruntled customer, consistently being negative, go to it, find another shop where you're gonna be happy at because you're gonna feel safer, you're gonna feel better, you're gonna feel positive because you're in a place that you like. And not only that, you're not gonna be bringing negative energy around all the time, these service guys. Look, their job is hard enough as it is. Service is the backbone of a dealership because sales can't sell bikes without service. You know, parts don't move parts without service. It's a it's a symbiotic relationship, but service is the backbone. Everything moves through there. So you got to realize these guys a lot of times, especially in the industry where you got good trained technicians that aren't prima donnas or don't have issues and stuff like that. They just come in and grind out are few and far in between. So you don't know the circumstances that those guys are dealing with. Like I said, I'm not trying to sit here and put it all on you as a customer and be like, you know what? It's all on you. No, if the guys aren't doing their job, then that's hundred percent on them, but do your part too and find somewhere else to go. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of crazy. I always, I used to have to deal with that on the director level where I had customers like I ruined their life and this and the other. And understandably my team would screw up and I realize that and try to rectify it and make sure it doesn't happen again. But then I get this guy that'd be berating me or be like, oh, you guys, you're liars, you pieces of shit. I've, and I've been told that to my face on a daily basis at times. It's not fun. And the reason why we got into this industry, at least, you know, service side, I can speak for myself, is the passion driven. It's something we enjoy. You know, riding is a beautiful thing. We share it with everybody. And remember, customer and service guys, these are riders. We're supposed to be the demographic that looks out for each other, no matter what. So try to have that mentality when you go into the dealership. As a customer, you have a part of it, okay? Service. Oh, hold on. You know what? One other thing for customers. I know it's a pet peeve of service, guys. Make your appointments. 
If you set an appointment with your service team saying you're going to be there at Saturday at 10 o'clock, make it on time because a lot of technicians in this country are flat rate, which means they have a schedule filled up and they may not be able to start the next job until they start yours. And then you're just screwing those guys over. I know it may seem like you're getting one over on the dealership, but the dealership is going to make their money regardless. You're really screwing over, you know, John Q Tech, you know, you know, Tech Schmuckatelli out there just trying to pay his bills because you don't realize he doesn't get paid until you come and pick up your bike and cash your, your check. Like, so when you check out, you get your final repair order, you pay for it. Those guys don't get paid until you do that. So, and don't be that dick that says that I'm going to pick up my bike today and then you don't pick it up for a couple months. But just be straight up with your guys. Like, hey, look, man, I don't have the money right now. So, if you know, like just put it off for a couple weeks until I have the money and just communicate with your service team. A lot of guys that I've seen, there's some, they're pretty strict, but some pretty chill and they'll be more than understanding about anything you got going on. Because now I know if you tell me straight up, like, hey, look, I'm not gonna have all the money to get this job done right away. I got half of it. I still need another, you know, week or so. Then he's gonna reschedule that technician so that way he doesn't lose his money. It's not a big deal. At least that's the way I ran my service departments, okay? And customer, if you're coming in for parts, do yourself a favor, especially if you're going into your OEM manufacturer, like you have a BMW, you're going to BMW, or you have a Yamaha, you're going to Yamaha. Take your VIN with you, unless you're there on the bike, because it helps the parts team out a lot. I mean, it sounds stupid, but a lot of times when we're going into those OEM manufacturer databases or computer systems, logins, whatever the fuck you want to call it, if we have a VIN, we know exactly where to go for the part in the spreadsheet that comes up. So that way there's no misconfusions because there's a lot of times I have customers that are like, yeah, I got this make and model. They don't really know what they're, they got. They're off a year or a model and the wrong part comes in and then they get pissed at us. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it kind of screws everybody over. So just bring your VIN in, be a team player. Service guys, do your job. Okay, don't make excuses. I, I always ran my shops and ask anybody who's ever worked for me, I'll bring some guys on. I always try to keep it real as possible with the customer. There's some customers I couldn't tell them 100% of everything because I knew regardless I was gonna have their bike done in an hour, so there's no need to stir the pot and I would just talk to them and tell them everything when they came in. Because, you know, oh, I've been waiting for two hours, so and so, and then they get a little bit upset. There's ways of dealing with people or taking care of people without making them feel like you're a used car salesman. Uh, you know, if the wrong part came in, I would just rip the fucking band-aid off and call right away and be like you know what we screwed up that was one thing i always try to do because people have a lot more respect for you and your customers will be easier to deal with some just are going to be pissed whatever I, you know there's nothing you can do about that but some of them you're able to talk to them and you know calm them down and they just want to know what's going on a lot of times i mean i want to say about 85 to 90 percent of the time the customer was cool with it and they just wanted to be informed so communication is key with your customers so don't make excuses, don't, oh, well, so-and-so. That just makes you look weak and it makes the dealership look weak if you're gonna pass the blame. I always try to say, even if it was a parts mess up, I'd be like, you know what, we still screwed up because I still had a responsibility in that, guys. Service parts guys out there, I mean, I may not be as knowledgeable as some of you guys have been in the industry for 15, 20 years, but that's one thing with dealing with people, you can probably agree with me on that. Just keep it real with people. Don't try to sugarcoat it, don't try to bullshit them. You know, don't do that because they'll see right through it. At least the fucking good ones that you want to come back and you want to have a good relationship with. That's the way you got to, you know, you got to treat those people. You know, educate your customers instead of talking shit. 
we all know we have those customers out there that like, you know, they're coming till the steel belt goes through and some of them just don't care. Like I had some customers that used to take pride in that. I used to tell them how dangerous this shit was and they're like, nope, I'm getting all my money's worth. There's nothing you can do about that. But you know, for your squid kids out there or, you know, for the new, you know, the guy that's four years old and decided to get his first bike. You know, one thing about our community is we always welcome everyone. So it's like, why would you talk shit about somebody if they don't know? Cause you were that person at one point in time. You know, some of you fucking experienced techs out there two, three years in, four years in, you were the squid kid dropping bikes on the first day, or, you know, you screwed up some, you know, stripped a bolt out or some shit like that. So just always remember that, especially with your customers. Now, some people are just special and you ain't gonna be able to help them, but at least don't just shut them down. Give them a chance. That's the way I always look at it, okay? So like, if you got a customer that's constantly bitching about, oh man, my tires are wearing prematurely. Hey man, you checking your tire pressures? I would even extend the fact, hey man, you know what? Once every two weeks, just stop by and let's check them for you. It's not a big deal. And I would check them myself. Because for one, that builds a great rapport with your customer. And two, then they can't make any excuses because I've had some do that. They try to make, like, nah dog, I told you to come in and get your tire pressure checked. They can't make excuses when they didn't do their part to take care of it. And I've noticed, a lot of complaints go down and then I had customers got a little bit more wear out of their tires or, you know, something wore better. And, you know, they're like, you know what, you save me money. I'm still going to bring my business back to you. So it's like win-win because they're getting longevity out of it. They don't feel like they're getting screwed over and you're a used car salesman. And then you get a loyalty with them. And I mean, that's what motorcycling is all about. That's what riding bikes is all about. You know, looking out for each other. That's what it comes down to. You understand? That's the, that's the theme here. Looking out for each other. Service guys always was undersell and over deliver. Okay. If you think the bike is going to be done, like I, I'd always go and talk to my technician and be like, Hey man, about how long you got, you know, if I got a waiter, which is a customer waiting in the lounge or, you know, they're waiting out in the showroom or somewhere. Um, man, I got like 30 minutes. Okay. 45 minutes. Give them that extra 15 minutes or 20 minutes. If you can't afford it, 30 minutes. I mean, I try to keep it in the 15, 20 minute block. Your good technicians, they're usually good with that because also keep in mind, it gives you time to wrap up your paperwork, make sure all the notes are right. Um, you know, and just consistently check in on your guys. Even if it's a, I know some shops are so big, they use walkie talkies. I used to always just love walking through the shop. Not only just to bullshit with my guys, but just to make sure I knew I had a handle on what was going on. So always undersell and over deliver. If you know it's gonna only take half an hour, tell them 45 minutes or 40 minutes. You know, if you got that absolute time crunch and it's a regular customer of yours, you know for a fact you can bang in at 30, tell them 30 because most of the time, that extra five, six minutes that the technician spends test riding, writing up notes or polishing stuff up, it gives you time to BS with your customer anyways and build that rapport a little bit, okay? So that's just my industry tip of the week. Uh, take it as you want. You know, like I said, that's just what I got from my experiences. I've been able to turn some pretty negative situations and then some positive ones. You know, I've gone from having people curse at me to people thanking, thanking me, you know, and you know, we genuinely screwed up, but we're always looking to improve on your mistakes. Notice that that's a growing theme in life. Guys, Tito here, Motorcycle Dad Podcast, part two, old parts. Okay, every motorcyclist has some shit done to their bike at one point in time, whether it's at the dealership or you do it yourself, okay? And you have what we call takeoff parts, old parts. Guys, don't let this shit sit around in your garage. And I bring this subject up because I was just in my garage cleaning up because 
I didn't clean up from the services that I did on Saturday and Sunday. So I was just straightening out my garage, straightening everything back out. And I was going through and a buddy of mine bought me some old parts of his because he didn't know what to do with them. Now, guys, if you're in a group or circle of friends and you got that one guy that's really good at eBay or Craigslist or OfferUp, everybody just pull your parts together. Like old takeoff parts are just collecting dust that serve no purpose. You're never gonna need it again. Like old windshield or old handlebars, old grips that you're able to save the OEM stuff, pull that stuff together and get it on eBay, Craigslist and offer up. Okay. So John Q customer out there, guys, even if it's just 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Okay. Make sure you make enough to cover your shipping costs and eBay costs, or if you're on Craigslist, just make sure you make a pretty penny. But like, look guys, OEM bars I'm looking at. Okay. I'm going to post these up for 30, 40% from retail. Okay. I'm gonna look up the retail price online and I'm gonna price them 40% below that to entice somebody to buy them. Um, you know, it's, oh, well, they're $100 online, so I'm gonna charge $100 and then you'll be sitting on the shit for fucking months and then next thing you know, you're like, oh, a year from now, oh, I still got that. No, it's not making you any money sitting in your garage. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and say, screw yourself over and go in the hole on it, but be realistic. You're selling a takeoff part. You know, you're not, it's not brand new out the box but it's gonna do somebody some good and it's not doing you any good sitting in your garage, okay? So John Q customer out there, Schmuckatelli, look man, get rid of some of that stuff. Service departments, okay? Guys, if you have customers, be dynamic, okay? You got a good customer that, you know, maybe like tipped his bike over, didn't wanna make an insurance claim and he's got a bar bend or something like that. We've all seen that one guy. Keep that in mind. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out your way because some dealerships, parts departments run different. I know mine had an eBay account, so it wasn't even a big deal. We we're able to just put everything in the repair order and it was all straight and, you know, straight and narrow. Nothing was, you know, nothing was yuki fluky there. You know, we ordered off of eBay and they pay what we paid because it was eBay. It's like, I'm just cover my cost on it. I'm good. <laughs> Usually it was where I looked at it. Like I wasn't trying to make money off of it. It's really... I mean, most of the time when you're going to eBay, you're trying to help somebody out. So it's like, I, I would always just break even on that part. I was at least, my guy was making money on the labor. That was what I worried about more than anything else. You know, trying to take care of the customer and be dynamic because you want to build those long-term relationships. So, you know, the customer that maybe got a cracked windshield, you know, instead of, hey, look, man, you know what? I found this one. You might want to, you know, might want to use this if they're tight on money or something and build those long-term relationships because Sometimes, look, man, if it's $200 and they can get it for 50 bucks on eBay, that's better for them because they're going to have more money to spend in your dealership anyways. Instead of being tied down with, oh, well, I got to pay for this part that I necessarily couldn't afford, and now I can't afford to buy any accessories. You know, it, one hand washes the other. You know, you take care of people, people have a tendency of taking care of you, okay? But guys, don't let old parts sit around, especially service departments. Look, man, we had some parts that after a while we sold them on eBay. You know, because they were just taking up space. Now, guys, correction, not warranty parts. You can't do that. That shit's fucking illegal. Guys that are out there doing that shit, fuck you. I'm going to say it straight up. I don't care. Fuck you because you're fucking everybody else over by doing that. Because some of those parts are defective and you could be hurting people. And if you're in this industry and you're willing to turn your back and hurt somebody to make money, fuck you. So you know who you are out there. I don't know if any of the, you guys are ever listening to this podcast, but still, you know who you are. 
Now, off my soapbox for a second. I apologize. This is a little pet peeve of mine. But service department, some customers don't want their stuff. I always ask my customers right off the bat, do you want your parts? I want to say 75% of them will be like, no, I'll take them or 60%. And then some of them will want them. They're like, yeah, you know. But hey, guys, look, be real too. If you know you got some, you know, 12-inch bars, 14-inch bars you just put on or some sweet fucking Rizoma fucking clip-on track bars for your, you know, for your track bike, and you know you're never going to use those other clip-ons again, but you just want to be a douche, then, I mean, that's on you. Motorcycle karma is going to come back on you. But by all means, guys, don't even hold on to this stuff because a lot of times I would always save common parts just in case I can help somebody on the fly and be like, look, man, I got some takeoff stuff in the back. You're good. Don't worry about it to help people out. And then if it was stuff that was just sitting around, it was like, get it on eBay. Let's get rid of it. And that's how we got rid of our parts a lot of times. So moral of the story is don't be a hoarder. Don't hoard. Don't hoard. Hoarding's not cool. Let, let this stuff be out in the world to live another life, especially motorcycle parts. They deserve to find a good home. So look, that's just my quick tip of the week uh, or quick tip for Friday. Not quick tip of the week. I've done three podcasts this week. So um, everybody, I just want to remind you, thank you very much for listening. Um, I'm Look, this morning, I had like 89 listens over the three episodes. Super humbling. I know some people are like, that ain't shit. I know. God bless. Anyways. But either way. Thank you guys for your support. Even you just spending 15 minutes out of your day to listen or 35 minutes out of your day to listen to my podcast. It really means a lot. And it's just, it seriously isn't, it encourages me. So remember guys, if you got any uh, questions, tips, topics you want me to cover, don't be afraid. Hit me up on my social medias. Uh, I got Instagram, Tito CP702 is my Instagram. Okay. T-I-T-O-C-P-702. And then I got Facebook. Chris Tito Padilla, okay, P-A-D-I-L-L-A. Hit me up in the messages if you got anything you want me to cover. I'll post this up. A lot of people have been making comments when I post the links up on Facebook. Doromegato, much appreciated. Uh, some of the guys I went to MMI with, I really appreciate you guys. You know, you guys really, I mean, I. some of you guys have been, you know, leaving me comments saying how badass it is, you know. For some of you guys still in the industry, I hope you're getting something out of it. Like I said, if there's something you want me to cover, just let me know. Thanks a lot, guys. One love. I'll holler at you guys later. Have a great weekend. Peace.